Hello, good day to all. This is Cynthia Concordia from Dream to Rise. Welcome to our new episode. Have you been wrestling with demons? Years of professional wrestling took a physical toll on our guest's life, which he realized later. So did the abuse and emotional trauma he suffered as a child growing up in Georgia. An environment filled with prejudice, an angry father, and a drug-addicted stepfather. In this interview with our guest, Mark Smith, he will share with us his special events in his life which led him to the classroom. He earned degrees in psychology and family counseling. He spent years in church sharing his lessons in life and discovered his answers through faith. This then led him to write his book, Wrestling with Demons. He shared his feelings and experiences about his journey, which helped others, even veterans with post-traumatic stress disorder, to work through their emotional scars. Mark said this has led him on a path toward healing. Let us listen to Mark's story. Hello, welcome to our uh, another episode here at Dream to Rise, our podcast. And I have a very, very special guest who, after his childhood traumas, he turned to violence and professional wrestling. And several events led him to the classroom. So he earned degrees in psychology and family counseling. He spent years in churches teaching his mistakes and answers through faith. He has now authored his journey. Uh, he works with uh, traumatized young adults on private basis. So he is now starting to come up with workshops and soon writing a sequel. And I would like to introduce you, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Ira Mark Smith. Welcome, Ira. Ah, Mark. How should I call you, Ira Mark or Mark? Oh, well, you, well, Ira is the name of the doctor that delivered me. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, no kidding. Great guy, great man. Uh, and he became a minister not long afterwards. I guess he saw me and realized he needed God after he saw me. I'm not sure what happened. But anyway, fantastic man. And God bless him so he's with the Lord right now and he's he's probably leading a leading a service or two, I'll tell you. Uh -huh. But Mark is what I usually went by. Okay. Uh it, it just started as me in during childhood. So it wasn't nothing that I came up with as an adult saying whatever. I basically tell people, call me anything, just don't call me late for dinner. Okay. <laughs> So that's it. <laughs> okay, Mark is is a lot easier. I mean, okay. to Mark. <laughs> but to all of you listeners, watchers, video land, audio land, it is so good to be with you. I wish I could see every one of you. Give you a little wave, so I'm gonna give you a wave now. <laughs> oh yeah, you almost broke into the Macarena. I saw that and. Uh, but it's just it's just fantastic to be to be on here and Cynthia, I can tell you I've we've been sharing a little bit. Sometimes you meet someone and you just automatically know they're the real deal. And to all of you who are listening, Cynthia is the real deal. So I love her. Thank thank her for being here with you, and just please support her. Oh. So Cynthia all that to say hello oh thank you so much mark it's such an honor to have you mark here and thank i'm you. sure a lot of people will be inspired by what you'll be sharing with us okay so let us start i'm so excited so can you just a, a brief summary of what can you tell us about um about yourself just tell us about yourself that brought you yeah. to where you are right now I am, no kidding, a product of a lot of mistakes, 
If I was a math mathematical formula, you would probably have to say so many mistakes, so many intentional, unintentional, add in some of the actions of others, and it equals to someone that feels like they're below zero. And it's redemption, it's faith, it's finding a foundation in your life that now makes my the value infinite. And it can do that for everyone that's listening. So I would say I'm a word, I'm a word math problem. Some of the things and enjoying talking with Cynthia about it. For some of you that are listening, I'm really sad for what you're having to go through. We're going to be talking and, yeah, a professional wrestler, the guys you see on TV now, I'm 56, so you have to go back to the Stone Cold Steve Austins and Hulk Hogan's. But those men, those men, the people that Hulk Hogan wrestled, everything, I was on TV. I was being flown across the country. There's a lot of wrestlers that work in small towns here and there, and that that's fantastic. They have great home, home lives. For me, my lack of self-worth, my need for validation, the things that had happened to me earlier in life, I needed wrestling to make me valuable or to feel valuable. So I started working with some of the biggest names in the business, in the wrestling industry. And from there, to be very vague, and I'm sure Cynthia will, will get into much more defining details. But being young and being stupid is not a good recipe for life. And I was young and stupid. That's the thing. Even though things that people did to me, I'm still going to be the one that if I if I responded or reacted in a way that was negative that hurt myself or other people because of it, I have to accept responsibility for my actions. I'm not going to blame no, no one else. And so I made I screwed up a lot. I made a lot of mistakes, hurt a lot of people. It I'm a person that had to seek the big time for validation. But as high as I got, I sunk and dug myself a hole so much deeper. And it, it took a big hand reaching down to pull me out of that hole. And then from there, it was literally, there were literally miracles that happened that put me back in the classroom. So you were saying the miracles are the start of your manifestation or in oh of things and I, I was such a doubter, Cynthia. I mean I had to get I felt like I was the kind of guy that had to get hit over the head with like a rubber mallet, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I would walk into a hardware store. Now this happened twice, the hardware store. Somebody opened the door. Thank you, sir. Just walk through because I'm Southern. We say thank you and things and hold doors for people we don't know, you know, all that kind of stuff. And this, and I would get a tap on my shoulder. Yes, sir. And I'm thinking he's going to tell me I dropped something or whatever. Son, I have a word for you. Now, coming from the wrestling business, I probably could have had a lot of words for him, but I think his was a lot nicer. <laughs> <laughs> so he would say, son, 
you do not have to go to school for all your life to be a minister. Now, two different people, two different times stopped me exactly the same way each time. Tapping me on the shoulder. They held the door open for me. It was almost like the man upstairs was saying, uh-huh, Mark, I'm going to show you. Walk through that door again. I'm going to show you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to psych you out again. Come on. I'm going to freak you out, Mark. Come on. Walk through this door. Then I would be at the grocery store. A woman tapped me on the back. Son. Now I'm get, starting to get kind of spazzed out when somebody taps me on the shoulder. Does that make sense? I'm really getting self-conscious here. I'm like, if you tell me I got you got a word for me, I am going to run. I'm going to break out into a sprint to the parking lot. This woman told me I have a word for you. Time to see you, sir. <laughs> you don't have, yeah, you don't have to go to school. Uh -huh. For your lifetime to be a minister. So at this point, I'm looking up in the sky and I'm saying, God, you're a funny guy, but there's no way in the world you know me. I'm not going to a classroom. I am not going to school. I'm not going to do it. Uh-uh. But how old I went, are you? How old are you? About 23. Four, 25, so something like that. You haven't done your college course yet? Well, I this is the thing. I had gone to college one year right after high school, and I was kicked out because I had a 1.11 GPA. Oh, okay. That's like as far down between a D and an F as you can get, a 1.11. <laughs> from, from that GPA, they couldn't even tell I knew what a book was. Okay. <laughs> In fact, they were probably surprised I could even park in the parking lot to walk into to a classroom. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, anyhow, so I'm not going back to school. Uh -huh. The heck with it. Uh-uh. Ain't doing it. Uh, working at a business, somebody comes in, get another tap on the shoulder. This is like another month, month down the road. And you can tell the person just can tell that I'm just, oh, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. I don't want it. It's just going to have a word. I don't want to turn around. Please, I'm... Give me a crick in my neck so I can't turn around. I'm sorry, lady. I got to leave you alone. You know, that's what I want. Son, another tap. Yes, ma'am. I have a word for you. <laughs> no. No. This, this is like the fourth word, right? <laughs> you don't have to go to school. For my life to be a minister or whatever, a preacher or whatever. Yes, son. <sighs> Cynthia, by this point, I'm willing to get on one of those lobster boats and go fishing out in the ocean just so nobody can touch me. But I swear by that point, I think a lobster would touch me on the shoulder and say, hey, gobble, gobble, I got a word for you. That's what I'm thinking. But you know what? Don't you think that's already God calling you? Most of yes, the and I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want it. <laughs> why, At least why, I'm being honest. Why? What? Why? What were you thinking about your about your life? What are you I, picturing yourself during that time? Look, I, I 
I've, I was lost. I had no idea. All I knew was I got the crap beat out of me by my daddy. I remember him coming in, beating me with his fist. I remember sleeping with a baseball bat under my bed or under the cover with me, and I was ready to kill him every day. Oh, my. I mean, that's, that's, that, what did I live for? I don't know. I'm glad I was alive, but I was ready to kill. Me and my mama was talking the other night. My dad's passed, of course, and she and I were talking and I reminded her of certain, we were just, we were just reminiscing and I reminded her of a couple things and she said, oh yeah, I remember that night. I said, mama, I was going to kill him when he walked in my door, my bedroom door, I was going to kill him. She said, you, she, she said, you had that, uh, what 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 did you have? I mean, she was flabbergasted. I said, "You remember that baseball bat?" Yeah, it was in the house a lot. I said, "I, I said I was gonna have his face and blood all over it. I was gonna kill him." Was he also abusive to your mom? I know he was. I could hear the screaming, and I could also see the holes behind pictures in the wall where he had put his fist to the walls. So this started when when was it? I grew up I grew up listening hearing it, Cynthia. I, I heard him screaming, demeaning, uh hitting my brothers. I was the youngest of five in them hurting them. Then it came my turn. And all I wanted to get out, okay, yeah, I did that one year of school. Now, please understand, I got like 30 concussions, okay? No kidding from wrestling. I have, there's a good chance I have CTE. They'll know when I die, okay? I'm on, I'm on some good meds. Uh, I'll tell you, so I'll tell you what it is. It's propopanol. Mm-hmm. It's uh, for a little high blood pressure and it's good for tremors because I'll have days where my hands are like this. Not that I'm mad or anything. It's just the circuitry, you know, from my brain to my hand. But, uh, okay. So I graduated in 1985. It was 86. I did the one year of school, 1.11 GPA, totally lost. Okay, then around the end of 86, now I'm a, I have to talk through a chronological line. Now, now I'm online. Around, 86, around the end of 86, a guy I went to school with, high school, he said, we always sat beside each other. His name was Mark Scarpa, S-C-A-R-P-A. His dad wrestled up in New York for the famous Vince McMahon and all them. In fact, he was Hulk Hogan's boss. His his daddy was Joe Scarpa. Joe Scarpa wrestled as Chief J. Strongbow. And he wrestled as a full-blooded Indian. I forget which tribe from Oklahoma, but he was really Italian. But Mark was adopted. And Mark saw me pick up some U-Haul, the moving equipment U-Haul. We uh, rented U-Haul. My dad had a gas station. We also rented U-Haul. He had been wrestling in Portland, Oregon, and he came down, back down south to visit his mama. And he saw me pick up some u-haul equipment and he said mark you ever thought about getting in the business i said what business he said wrestling i said well i've watched it since i was a kid but no he said when you get off i told him he said come on 
he took me out to a ring mm -hmm. and he was a solid 245 pounds. Well, I was about 240 to 250 myself and pretty muscle bound just by lifting things. He had been on, was on steroids and all that stuff. So we could pick each other up and we knew some of the, te I knew some of the techniques. Of course, he, he was fantastic. He uh, helped introduce me to some people. And uh, I got in the wrestling business. A lot of people have to wrestle for years and years. And they call it paying your dues. And that's where you might drive to a town. You may only get $20. Mm -hmm. You may, in fact, by the time you eat a hamburger and you pay for your gas, you might have lost money. But you do that, hopefully that a big promotion will see you, you'll get recognized and get signed to a contract. That actually happened to me within about four months. So, I remember the day I was... I was at... I was at my home and I was called and asked, could I be in Cleveland, which there in North Georgia, there's a town called Cleveland, Georgia. I said, sure I can. I can be up there in a couple hours. He said, no, I'm not talking Cleveland, Georgia. I said, well, where are you call talking? He says, Mark, I'm calling you from the offices of World Championship Wrestling that, that's owned by Ted Turner. I said, really? Yeah, we need you to come pick up tickets. Can you be in Cleveland, Ohio tonight? It means you've got to leave now. Was there a, a, a fight already? Or yeah, yeah. For me to go and wrestle. Some of the big, I'm going to wrestle on TV in Cleveland. It was like maybe noon. Mm -hmm. And I was supposed to report at the arena in Cleveland, Ohio at 530. So I rush up to CNN Center. They hand me my tickets. The airport is probably about a 15 to 20 minute drive from CNN Center. They hold the plane. I get on the plane. It's a just a regular big Delta commercial plane. I fly straight. They they get me. A, they have me a shuttle. Get to the arena. I get to the arena about five o'clock. Oh my. And, and they they wanted me to report by five thirty, and then the that and then that would give us time to go over everything, have our meetings, go over everything, and then the bell time would be around seven or seven thirty, something okay. like that that night. So from just an afternoon, I went from working in front of. 100 people to 10,000. Yeah. And I did that. And the reason I left the wrestling business is because I became an awful person. I, I was awful. I was, I was greedy. I, I had so much hate in me. I would hurt anybody for any price. Uh -huh. If somebody called me and wanted me to go to a town and hurt somebody's arm or leg and pay me for it, I would do it. Uh -huh. When I say I would hurt for anybody, anybody for any price, I'm literally saying that very literally. All right. And what made you... I walked in after a trip. My wife at that time, we've been married three years. I heard this very strange noise somewhere, but it was almost like a cackle. Almost, it was very strange. Anyway, 
I walked back to the bedroom. I said, are you okay? Are you okay? Just this strange noise. I turned her over to see if she was okay. There was this very strange laughter. And something, um, it felt like it physically hit me and it knocked me down on the floor. Oh. Scared to death, I got in the car, just drove around the block a few times, went back in. She was totally composed, totally fine. And I'm wondering what in the world has happened. She said, I'm leaving you. She, she was gone out of the apartment within 48 hours. As I'm going around cleaning it, picking it up, I, I, I re, I'm emptying the trash out of the bedroom, bathroom, out of the bathroom. And I find a positive pregnancy test. Oh, yeah. A positive pregnancy test. Oh. Oh. I was very very pro-abortion i was i was against anything that would get in the get in the, in the midst of my wrestling career and a kid would have i didn't want no kid i told her we had talked about kids before i don't want no kid um tried to call her for a few months, couldn't get anything. One day, her aunt happens to pick up the phone, and I, I tell her what happened. She says, I know everything. I said, really? She said, Mark, everything's been taken care of. And she hung the phone. Now, all I can tell you is the way I felt. If something was done to that baby, it was my fault. I was the murderer. If there was a baby, I was the murderer. Mm -hmm. So what happened? I went to someone's house. I was crying like a baby. I went to a an extra bedroom they had. And my dad, we grew up going to church. But you got to understand that when you're going to church and you know what's really happening, all the fighting and the beatings and everything, you're thinking, if that's what a Christian is, I don't even care about being here. I could find love in other ways that meant a lot more to me than in a church where I figured everybody was a stinking hypocrite. Okay, Cynthia, real quick. Am I as open and honest as you thought I'd be? Yes. No holds barred, is it? Yes, and I'm so grateful and I'm so, uh, I really appreciate your, your vulnerability, your authenticity. And that's that's how our tele our listeners will be able to resonate. And um, one more question: yes. What was the one of the biggest lessons you've learned throughout this journey? Okay. Uh, what changed? Well, let me just finish right okay. quick. I can finish in sixty seconds. What really changed me was when I was in that spare bedroom. I picked up a Bible. When I opened it, I went, I had opened it straight to the Proverbs 1. Proverbs tells you if you do this, this, this is going to, then this is going to happen. I mean, Proverbs are the real do's and don'ts. Mm -hmm. I, Cynthia, I felt like somebody kicked my butt for an hour reading Proverbs. I tell, I tell people today, the worst beating I ever took was not by a man and not by a wrestler in a 20 by 20 ring. It was by the book of Proverbs sitting on a bed. 
it whooped me. Now, you asked me what, I want to make sure the question, what did I learn? The biggest lesson you've learned from this journey. So, so did, okay. Even though my dad passed, yeah, I love him in another way. I don't want to be nothing like him. I think you can love somebody, not like somebody. <laughs> so I don't like who he was. What did I learn? I heard him say this one time, and I do. Uh, I think I've se I've seen it more than I can recall, and that is God does not make junk. God does not make make junk. Junk, of course. So in other words, if you feel like you've been tossed around in life, you feel like you've just decayed, you feel like there's nothing left, you feel like there's no one's, there's no purpose, you basically are feeling like that piece of junk that's sitting in the junkyard. Maybe to one person, that junk, that piece of junk may actually be worth something. Maybe a pressure. The fact is, no one is junk. Yes. And just because someone's had different breaks than maybe we've had, and they wear the same outfit every other day or whatever the case may be, don't ever look down at anybody. Everybody has value. And, and, and if a country boy, if a country boy, as I am, I should be a dad that beats the living, you know what, out of his kids. I should be a dad. You know, if I was to continue the cycle, I ought to be all this stuff. All these different things. I ought to have all this hate. And my dad was racist as... A, as mm, uh, uh, The Ku Klux Klan would decorate their Christmas float and get ready for the Christmas parade behind my daddy's business. My daddy knew all who all they were, who they all were. He was in clubs with a lot of them. My daddy would watch an Atlanta Braves baseball game, and I we would watch ball together. But he would come up and have to say, huh, he looks like he'd be a good, good, good cotton picker. I'm telling you, I, there, those things I didn't like about him. Not at all. I still don't. Mm -hmm. Very judgmental. <laughs> well, just think of all that racism and prejudice. Yeah, yeah, I know. He, I mean, that kind of stuff, I think, is the drop some of the some of the driving force of what's going on in our country today. Mm -hmm. yeah. Does Israel and Palestine really have to fight? Yeah. And it's but they're different. Mm -hmm. As long as there's as long I think as long as people look at their differences, if they're gonna focus on their differences. The differences, it, I'm sure everything will work out. Okay, you'll be fine. That's the but our country. Go ahead. That's the thing that we need. We need to be respectful 
that's why I I'm very grateful I've had the opportunity to work for an, for two international organizations, Asian Development Bank and the World Bank. I had the opportunity to learn each and every one how they were raised, their culture, and so on, and it gave me so much uh uh so much um joy and uh, um I I, I felt the uh, Oh my, so blessed that I was able to connect with them. That's why. So um, I, 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 what a story you just shared, no? Now, how do you remain in power and continue what you do? Well, the book, you know, my book, the book I've written is Wrestling with Demons. I'm playing off the fact of my wrestling, but at the same point, I think we all have inner demons that we, if, and when I say inner demons, I'm not talking about like, I remember as a kid on the cartoons, a little devil on one shoulder and another devil on the other shoulder, the good and the bad. You, you remember those cartoons? <laughs> well, of course that's not real. Uh -huh. But I think at the point that we believe we all ha we have all the answers, we become very dangerous. I think we can always learn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We should be learning from each other. In fact, I think that's a blessing that he gave us. And that is why aren't we supporting each other instead of pulling people out of the car, their cars in different cities and beating them to death, shooting people? Uh, we were talking Chicago, 40 carjackings a day, the city of Oakland. People won't, city workers wouldn't go to work because you can't blame them. They're scared. Uh, we we've got to we've got to be willing to work together. I, I don't have all the answers. Wrestling with demons, I'll tell you, it's kind of like alcoholism. The way I see it, alcoholism or whatever. I think the first way, the first part to really battle those inner demons is to admit that you got them. Without you recognizing or acknowledging that you have those things, then. You don't know which one to solve. I mean, that's how you will yeah. be able to solve your problem if you recognize yeah. them. Yeah, I mean, our inner demons, the the things, those things, the trauma. I love I love the word trauma because trauma. When we th we we usually think of trauma as in soldiers and things like that. Trauma is not just them getting hit by a bullet it can be experiencing someone they love being hit by a bullet it can be them seeing life and they value life and yet at times life can look like it's so expendable or it can uh there, there's no value to it you know you you're you're, you're taught there's value to life and unfortunately when we when when a soldier walks across the battlegrounds, just think of the trauma, seeing all that death. Well, well, in our in our in our country today, is it dying possibly because people are not coming to terms with their inner demons? See, I admit. My daddy, he did program me a little bit. I, and what I mean is I hated the stuff he said. But I also, I knew when, you know, I told you we uh, had in April, Jefferson, our African-American child that we've adopted, 
great kid. And when I hugged him, we had talked about adoption and I hugged him. When I hugged him after our talking about adoption, all of a sudden when I hugged him, there was this voice in me that said, buddy, it's real now. It's real. And I had to look inside myself and go, why would I even think it's real now? And so I took a second while I was holding him and I just ran my fingers through his hair. Yeah. It may be different, but it's hair. And I patted his back. Heartbeat. Skin. And I'd seen him get hurt playing. So I know he bleeds. Why? If I can wear khakis and then I can wear dark pants, why can't I have a light-colored child and a darker-colored child? They're they're both you you they're still your pants. They they're still valuable. And when I when I it's that and I. I don't mean that to be a light-hearted comparison. I hope you understand where I, where I went with that. But I remember thinking, Dad, you did try to put something in me. You lost. You lost. Me, Jefferson comes home from school. Hey, Dad. Hey, hugs. Colton comes in from school. Hugs. Uh, yeah, it's hard. Gotta, huh? It's hard in terms of your relationship with your dad. But was there a time when you've learned to forgive him? You know, I have. I still, I still, and, and that's the thing. Forgiveness does not mean. You asked me something I learned. Let me tell you, Cynthia. Sometimes forgiving somebody means you can just bear them. You can, you can, sometimes forgiveness is just the fact you don't kill them. It don't mean you got to love them and kiss them on the cheek. I mean, really. Some people have just, some people, they hurt you so bad that, Forgiveness is being able to not want nothing, want not wanting anything bad to happen to them, but that you can go on with your own life and you can go without without wanting to get that retaliation. Because for me, forgiveness is all about me. Not really yes. It's how will I be released from that baggage, from that chain of uh, of uh, resentment, anger, and pain? It's not about the other person. You could forgive the other person even though you haven't said, I forgive you. Even though from afar, it's just releasing you from that pain and anger so that you could move on. Get the lesson well, learned and move forward. Yeah, the, yeah, I think, I don't know, was it evident by my face when I started talking about the racism, the disdain I had on my face? Was it there? Because I tried to I cover know. it up. So. <laughs> okay. it, but, oh. then, but then uh, that's it. Uh, I, I, I'm sure a lot of people may relate and may resonate. And that's the, the important thing here is you are able to express what you could express and share with them your feelings, your thoughts. And that makes it, uh, for them, it could be a learning, make be inspiring and empower them to do what should be done as a human being. So before we end, uh, what is your, your, your goal for the next 12 months? I am gonna, I'm about to start writing the sequel. Mm -hmm. uh, with this being wrestling, with demons mm -hmm. 
I get into the demons and like recognizing him and the the things that I look at as inner demons are the the, the fear that we may face the prejudice fear can be caused by prejudice fear can be caused by just the unknown itself but we can't be existing living well if we if we try to live and we're scared all the time we're not living we're just existing so the name of my next book is going to be called the rebuild oh, that's good that's great that's great so what do you think would be you have started with this book already I have I've already got the cover designed. Uh, I already, yeah, it, it's weird. I went back to my days as a youth in a gas station, and I, I've actually already rough sketched it. But then I went ahead and I started it on my computer. Okay. I've already started laying out my uh, my chapters and the points that I want to hit. Because I think the writing will flow and it'll come. What I want to do is get my organization down. That's good. That's good. So one last question. Is there someone who made an impact on how you do that? Who made you? Now, okay, view life. Say that one more time. The person person who inspired you. Okay. All right. My my wife made me a better man. Mm-hmm. We my wife Brenda and I have been married now thirty one years. Thirty one years. Oh, great. Uh-huh. Uh, I've had some dear friends, and a dear man from Texas that I was business partners with that was going to a football game, blinded by the sun. When he topped a hill, an 18-wheeler truck was across the entire road, and it killed him instantly. Mm-hmm. And that man, that man, and my and my stepdad, one of my 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 mom, I have had two stepdads. My business partner, George, he taught me integrity. My stepdad, Blaine, taught me how to pick yourself up from your bootstraps and integrity. Brenda, has helped me to love and love deeper. And even like you and the dear people, the dear people I call friends and family now. You're by the way, you're you're my sister. Okay. You might as well say, you might as well understand it. But in these sessions together Number one, to talk about the things that I'm talking about so openly, I have to automate. I have to know. I have to feel it in my heart that I can trust you. So you build. You've 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 become a part of my family. Thank you. you. See, I don't. I, I don't, Cynthia. I don't think it's one person that helps mold another one's life. I think it takes the group effort. That's and I think I, go ahead. I, I, I value a community. Yes. And, uh, sometimes, mo- most of the time, we always use this binoculars. We only focus on what we want to focus, not realizing there are people around us. And most of the time, we complain. Why me? Why me? Not realizing others' uh, problems are even not, your problem is not even a fraction of their problem. And right. How I'm able to, I'm 
I am able to say thank you and be grateful for what I have. Because right. engaging with each one of you, I've learned so much. I've learned so much from you right now, Mark. Oh, gosh. And I, I don't know how, but thank you. That's a great compliment. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you so much, Mark. And um, uh, as we end, would you like to share some information on how other people would be able to connect with you? Sure. Okay. On Facebook, on Facebook, wrestling with demons dot Smith. Mm -hmm. And by going there, it you can also just see the link to our website. Uh, our website is wrestling with demons dot godaddy sites dot com that's godaddy uh-huh godaddy sites sites s-i-t-e-s yes sites dot com okay and it's also got our contact information uh we uh i've kept all my wrestling gear so forth I've been very surprised how the young adults and even even the older adults that were watching back in the day when I was doing it, how they've how they respond. But I bring my gear and everything. We we're we're accepting bookings and it's not we're not gonna be we're not the kind of people Brennan and I talked about it, we're not gonna be the kind of people that go speak somewhere and then hightail it away from the podium. No, we're, 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 we, for us, all of this is about connecting and it's about loving. Mm -hmm. And so if someone does want to, commu to communicate with us about booking or whatever, number one, we're not trying to get rich. So don't worry. We're, we're, we're not trying to do that. But we really would like to spend time with you and get to know you. Because I know your listeners and the people will enrich our lives. And hopefully we can give them a nugget or two for their life. Yeah. So I, we may be different. I don't know. But that's the way we look at things. And yeah, accepting bookings. But that's the way we want to do it. We want it to be personal. Well, thank you so much, Mark, for your time. And it was such a wonderful story to be shared to all. And I'm sure a lot of people. Have well, you're amazing. You're amazing. Thank you so much, Mark. And I'm glad that I'm so blessed to be connected with you. Thank you. you. Okay, to our listeners, please watch out for our next episode. Thank you so much for being here and uh, listening to Mark's story. Bye.